Hey guys, before we get into the episode today, we just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Guys, ElmontYouthSoccer.com is your home for awesome jerseys at really, really, really good prices. And when you enter promo code TJW10 at checkout, you will save yourself 10% and help support the show. So go over to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, TJW10 at checkout, and you're going to be able to buy any jersey you, you can fathom. Uh, and help support the show. So check that out and get ready for today's episode. It's a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode number 106 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. And with me today, as per freaking usual, is my best friend and co-host, Mina Golly, aka Brethren FC. Mina, how you doing, buddy? Welcome back to Canada, man. Thank you. I mean, I say that from Egypt, but yeah. I hope you had a great time on vacation. I did have a wonderful time on vacation, and the listeners won't know this, but my ring light is making it so that I look significantly whiter than I am right now. But <laughs> I enjoyed the sun there, and I got pretty dark. And what I'm not about to do, because I, I mean, it's fine. I'm not going to like just do this to prove a point, is show you the tan line. But dude, mm. let me tell you, I look like, like you said, like a Caravel Oreo. <laughs> like, it's just like tan and then the white exactly. and then the tan. Because my bathing exactly. suit. Um, you look like Mr. Worldwide. Left me pretty white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, it was a very, very nice time. And I want to tell you a little bit about that before I find right. out about your eyeball cutting open surgery. Because oh my goodness. if we can Please postpone cringe for as long as possible. Then no, I no, think no. I want to hear about good times, the sun and vibes, man. Tell All me. right, dude. So basically uh you know since i shaved my head i'm i'm mr worldwide now right so i incorporate frequently dale. i incorporate dale into sentences i just <laughs> i will go and just say random like one or two words in spanish just to let people know and i'm not spanish i'm just i just happen to speak spanish just walk around grunting i've had 474 days of duolingo to prepare me for for life in spanish um now in the wonderful caribbean we were in the dominican republic we were in putacana lee and i went on a nice little trip and I had been practicing Duolingo every day for 470 days. What I didn't know was that, and, I, and you right. want to you want to be able to immerse in local culture. And so I think it's important to be able to speak the language of where you're going, right? And I noticed that mm. the staff members seemed to be a lot more friendly. Not that they were mean if, if you didn't speak it, but they, they, were, they wanted obviously to speak their first language, which was no, uh, obviously Spanish, it's, right? it's It's nice and it's like, it's charming and it actually makes them feel like, Oh, you care. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's so And I'm sure it's refreshing, right? For tourists to come yeah, in and like be speaking their languages. Uh, and then they find out we're from Canada. And then immediately they're like, oh, so you must speak French. And it's like, yes, like I do speak like, French. Yes, but, but that's not There's why. <laughs> not a lot of Canadians who actually do, interestingly. Like, you might be surprised to know. Um, but anyway, so I'm speaking Spanish. I didn't know how prepared I was. And you know, I'm pretty good with accents, right? Like I can do a number yeah. of different impressions of different accents. So my Spanish voice is that of Sergio Ramos because he's the only Spaniard who has a deep voice, right? Most Spaniards, as you know, are they like, don't exist. Peke, peke, peke. like it's very, very Especially hot. South Americans. I don't understand Especially what it is. South Americans. Yeah. But in, but I want it to sound like deep, sexy Spanish. So I mm. was rolling my R's with stuff. Puede traer. Like just, <laughs> it was very, very sexy. And I invited way more Spanish than I, than I knew. So in my 470 
ish days of Duolingo, I've learned a lot of things, but I haven't learned a lot of responses to things, right? I've only learned how to ask things or how, how to, to say things. how to find out, or if I'm going to ask for like directions, then I've learned left and right, right? So I can know. Yeah, and then they, they come at it? you with like Eminem's rap god in Spanish. That's what it sounds like. It's so fast. And I'm just like, wait. And I'm like, hold on, let me, how many of those words did I get? Okay, Hermano, a few. Tranquilo, por favor. Dude, I had to tell some kids who were like, Mm. next time this is the only thing I, I, like i want to get into the contents of today's show and i want to hear about like eye surgery so i won't talk about this forever but right what i will suggest to you if you are looking to plan and this for all the listeners if you're if you are over the age of i guess 18 listening to this show go to an adults only resort because mm. and i'm a teacher so i love i love t- talking to little kids not when i'm on vacation though i don't like get away from when you're trying to like show they are menaces. That's exactly the word where it's just like kicking water and yelling about literally everything. And you're like, Hey man, like, yeah. And this is how, you know, you know, all the kids are peeing in the pool and you know how, you know, how many little kids, how many times you think little kids go to the bathroom for the day? Like at least 10, right? Probably never do they get out of the pool to go zero. Yeah. So you know that and, and, and the pool gets progressively warmer (laughs) throughout the day. So it's like, all right, you have to keep this in mind when going. So, Aside from that, it was it was a wonderful time. Food was excellent. I'm sure I'm a hefty 250 right about now, but um, we had a very very nice time. And the IG no, pics kids on were vacation are stunning. Menaces. Yeah, I saw. Okay, when I went to the north coast, um, my cousins were there and we met up with them. But my dad and I stayed in the hotel. Yep. And I saw a woman with two kids. She must have been their mother or something. You uh, think so? With yeah. Two kids on just her back the- in the kiddie pool, just like riding her like a horse and then she's like this poor woman is trying to swim and her her face is barely above water uh it, it was not it, it was funny to me because yeah. i was in the balcony looking at it but i'm sure it wasn't a pleasant experience for her leah and i got harassed by this family with the loudest kids on the resort because they kept seeing us and and they were like just wait your time will come you guys will be here you guys will be oh. us in a few years and we were the laughing because they're from like, Montana by any chance, because that sounds like they were from somewhere in America. Now, I would I'm sorry, imagine I'm sorry for Montana. somewhere Italian New Jersey persuasion mm, is what I would okay. imagine mostly. Fair enough. Um, but they, but it, it was very, very like they were very the loud worst. and they were continuously insisting. Now, do you want to hear the story? And I probably shouldn't disclose this, but I'm back now, so I don't think there's anything that anybody can really do about <laughs> how Leah and I were upgraded and how we reaped the benefits without paying for yeah. anything. Okay. When we arrived there, the hotel was uh, was at reduced capacity, okay, because of COVID. They're not selling it out all the way. Mm. Now, I suspect what they do is they take young people because they know young people. Okay, if you're traveling, you probably have money to come back. So we want you to, to, to want to come here as, as frequently as possible. Yeah. So they gave us a complimentary room upgrade, okay? Nice. Which means that our room went from like a normal whatever to like a suite so we had yeah. like a monster shower and like That's high awesome. ceilings and a bigger bed like it was and a nice balcony it was it was it was wonderful and we didn't pay a penny more for it okay that's incredible now how this resort functions is you have certain exclusive accesses as a preferred guest okay and the preferred okay. guest fee is $55 US per night okay that's all now we didn't pay for this preferred thing but when they found out we were in the preferred building because we had a preferred room number Right, they knew that everybody in building two was preferred. Right, they, they did, didn't know they that we didn't checking. pay for stuff. Yeah. So what we did was we just took full advantage of the the private pools. We took full nice. advantage of the little clay clubs and stuff. And then 
sometimes what will happen is families will stumble upon the private things and say, oh, like, let's just go here because they don't know that they're not allowed to be there because they don't know that that's only for preferred people. And so there was a very, very, very loud family that came in of like 12. Okay. And their kids were drowning each other in the jacuzzi and they were screaming and running and getting everybody's towels. It was a mess. And so the other family, the family with who, who was previously the loudest family there, came up to us and they were like, Talia and I, they were complaining. They're like, you know, this is pretty ridiculous. Like, it's pretty clear that, you know, they don't have, they don't have the preferred towels. How are they here? Like, they're ruining this for everybody. Like, why do we pay more to be here? And Leah and I, not wanting to give this away, Leah just stayed quiet because she, like, she doesn't want to turn yeah. beet red and she does. Yeah. I'm like, it's unbelievable is what it is. Can you believe people are going to come in here and not pay more and then just abuse this privilege? Knowing full well that that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> just deflect straight but just away. Just deflect until you make it. Right away. Just so that they would never suspect <laughs> me of it. Like, I'm in building two. I'm preferred. Let me tell so, yeah, you. This guy is also outraged. And then they're not there anymore. You're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got your back. I'll follow you in there. Leah, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go, like, right now. <laughs> anyway, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's more or less what the vacation was. And I have many, many other nips, any like little that. stories that will come out throughout the coming weeks and stuff. But yeah, I want to move on to stuff. I want to hear cool, your, your LASIK eye surgery. And I keep calling it LASIK because it's the only brand of eye surgery that I know. No, it is called LASIK. It is called LASIK. That LASIK is not yeah. a brand. It's like it's not like a clean no, extra face the tissue type thing. Oh, okay, okay. I thought LASIK, it was just like the, like they were the only ones, like Kleenex, right? Like they're it's, the only it face tissue. For, like it's an acronym, I think. Oh. But like the procedure it's probably is like LASIK. Laser, A, laser, surgery. Assisted surgery, equals, something, right? I don't know. Uh, something like that. What kings? There are any ophthalmologists. <laughs> yeah, who listening please. to the show, please let us know. <laughs> but you're still wearing glasses. So please tell me the story about how this procedure went horribly wrong and now you still need glasses. Okay, no, I don't need glasses. These are blue light filters, um, but I kept the same frame. So these are the same glasses I had before. I got blue light filters um, too. There you go. Uh, but I'm just wearing them because, A, I'm still used to wearing glasses because I've been wearing them since I was like five. Mm. Um, and B, you know, I'm on my laptop. Why not? Like right. it's post-surgery. Let's let's take it easy with the screens and everything. Um, so I got the surgery and the whole procedure took like 15 minutes Eight of them were active surgery. The the rest were just getting ready for it and then like laying down under the machine and like getting up and stuff. I'm starting um, to feel it. I'm starting it to feel is, it in my spine. The little the little. They whoop, don't whoop. use a blade, so it's fine. Like I didn't. What happened? They, like they didn't did see they a blade. It? I noticed you have two I'll red marks on the upper part of your eyes. So what? I they... do. I do. I still have those. Uh, why? I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's a blown vessel or something from the laser, but okay. Oh, I'll tell nice. you what I saw. That sounds serious. Um. I mean, you can do that while like lifting heavy weights, and like if you're holding too much. Tension oh, I know. Head, remember like, Maya shush kebab my eyeball with yeah, the yeah, cookie? Yeah. Remember that story last week? Oh, <laughs> I'm sure I have one somewhere in here too. Yeah. So basically, what they what I saw is, um, I, I straight away told them my eyes close way too quickly. So if you have like restrained <laughs> like restrainers or something, <laughs> so they put like this this like spring loaded thing spring to open up yeah. my eyelid. Okay. my eyelids yeah because so that you can't like close back <laughs> your eyes <laughs> and i'm sure it looked hilarious it's just an eyeball sticking up yeah. but basically this you go you walk into this room wearing like a full cap and gown and everything um and then the machine itself has two two lasers or two sub machines mm -hmm. and then there the bed just kind of rotates between them and then the first machine 
basically you look at this dark thing in the middle of like other lights and you keep looking at it and then you feel this slight pressure there's no pain you just feel slight pressure on your eye it's like it's as if someone's touching your hand but just in your eye and not not like they're poking your eye that you feel it well no because poking your eye kind of hurts right like and it it didn't hurt it didn't hurt at all that's the weird thing like there was no pain i wasn't given a uh, any painkillers before or anything um but then the doctor goes it's okay if you like it's completely normal that you won't see anything from this eye right now from the pressure and then it goes black <laughs> oh my god and then something <laughs> happens and then he does the other eye <laughs> and then you move to the other machine and then he to- tells you to look at the green dot in the middle of the red uh the red dots and i guess that's the active green laser that that you're supposed to look at to keep focus and <clears throat> all of a sudden that green light goes blurry and the other ones go blurry and it appears like cloudy and big, but he just tells you to focus on that, um, on that light. And then you, you smell something burning for 10 seconds. What? Yo, no. 10 seconds. It's already done. And that's it. And, I they were, and then that's they already the other much. eye. And then they, and then I saw like a bunch of eye drops coming in and stuff and, and I couldn't feel a thing. But I, I kept seeing the stuff and, and he goes, okay, so the second night you might think it will hurt, but that's because you already know it's coming. Like you're expecting it, but it, it won't hurt. It feels the exact same. That um, happened to me with my, uh, with my second with your toe? toenail surgery. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was all psychological because I felt everything, but I felt it all from the first, I don't even no, know. That, if like, there are nerve endings there. Yeah. That, that one like, hurt a lot. That's crazy. Do you know what so, yeah, that's hurt it. a lot that uh, speaking of eyes and, and you're going to understand the segue here in a second. Um, to come back into Canada, you have to take a PCR test, okay? Which is like a ninety dollars US yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID test you have to take to re-enter uh, Canada. And so, you know, if that's the price to pay for going on vacation, then then let's do it. So we did, um, and I experienced every range of emotion. And I haven't taken a, a COVID test like yet. I've never come in contact with somebody with it. Seriously, so that, that was your first one. It was my first one. And it all, <laughs> I, it almost made the trip not worth it. Like it was that bad. And I'm I'm like I have, a, I'm a I've sucker for plenty. pain, dude. When I tell you, I experienced every range of motion under the sun in this like second as he shoved this thing up my nose. It basically went from, buddy, felt it basically back, yeah? it went from, okay, there's something up my nose to all in the span of two seconds because that's how long it took him to to shove it up there and then put in the other one. It was two seconds, but it was like in slow mo. I felt all these emotions. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Oh no, dude, that's a little. Ah, ah, and then my eyeball popped up, and then I went. Yeah. Whoop, I had to pop it back in, and then you, you know did the other teary, eye. Did it tear up, dude? My so eyeball. Much. It was like a little yeah. like like a Pez dispenser. Like went, and it, my eyeball went boop, and then I went. Okay, hold on. I gotta push this back in. See, it's like he hit. That, a, I've had. He hit something. He hit something like a fuse deep inside oh, yeah, the, of the my brain. Yeah. He gave me a lobotomy. Is what he did. <laughs> and then I had to push my eyeballs back in. And maybe it's a nervous thing inside of me. I could not stop laughing. I was laughing hysterically <laughs> the whole time. It's a like, coping mechanism. Yeah. And I was like, that was so bad. I hated that. My eyes. And then I asked him for like a Kleenex because obviously I want to blow my nose, wipe my tears. And um, I, like, I don't know the Spanish word for Kleenex, right? So I said like, un servieta de face. I don't know. Like, I have no idea even the what face. I said. I don't even remember. Like, I was like, I need some. I tried to gesture, like blow my nose. He brought me gauze. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, well, this. So I'm like this wiping dude. my tears with gauze, and I'm like, oh my god, we need to go back to the room the like right now. I need to blow, yeah, I need to blow my nose. I'm like, no, no. I've had I've had PCR tests like several times, like more than a handful of times, and that hurts more than a laser. 
And, you know, call me a psychopath. And I've, I've definitely had that because of what I'm about to say next. People do think that I'm a psychopath for it. I went on YouTube the next day and watched the, the surgery. Not mine, but on, <laughs> online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely a psychopath. You're <laughs> creepy. You're like, yeah, what I point did that. I smell the burning? Let me watch. Um, no, literally, because I was like, why is it cloudy all of a sudden? What was that pressure for and stuff? So I wanted to, I wanted to know. I would never. I'm too squeamish Curious. for that. I'm too squeamish. Um, anyway, what a long bro talk about things going on in our lives. But um, listen, the fact is that's not what we're here to talk about today, is it? Mm-hmm. Today, we are here to talk about what I'm calling, I guess, the wildest transfer window of all time, I think is what this episode will probably be called. Because probably. how many of how many blockbuster transfers are there usually in most summer transfer windows? Usually the blockbuster ones come in the You're summer. You're lucky if you get two. Right. Maybe two, like three is extravagant. Yeah. It's never, never like a blockbuster. Of players who we'd consider among the best in the world, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six times four, but almost damn near 30 of the best players in the world have moved <laughs> this summer. And you're just thinking, what is going on here? Like, wh- I mean, and next summer, I don't even know what's going to be the case. We'll have to look for that. And there's the reason no way, it, it no can't, it can't top it. No, like, I don't no. think there could ever be something that lives up to what happened this summer. The, there'll probably be two blockbuster ones next summer, right? Mbappe and Holland, right? Mbappe sure and Holland, but yeah. In terms of global impact, the two goats have moved. PSG created this monster super team. And then the chain event of that happens, really, to put it in Loki terms, the Nexus event, Messi winning Copa yeah. America, has spiked all of these different realities to, to come true. And quite That's frankly, so I'm true. not ready for it. So... Uh, We're going to discuss all of them today. And the reason we're recording this on the Monday, two days before deadline day, is because I just can't foresee another blockbuster happening before deadline day. I think that we've got them all out of the bunch. And with today's, and we can even start with Mbappe, because he's not going to go, because the the thing came out today and said, Real Madrid are not going to pursue this anymore. PSG are clearly not willing to sell before the window ends. I don't think there's another massive move that can happen here. Uh, before deadline day and if there is then maybe we can do another little segment for it on the youtube best but, case scenario we get a kunde to chelsea move and that's right it. yeah and maybe in will leave spurs like stuff like that and we can talk about that in the coming weeks and months and stuff but you know in terms of right now nothing will be bigger than the fact that cristiano ronaldo and Lionel messi both found new clubs in the same window crazy which is absolutely freaking lootly absurd Mad. so i guess you know, last week we kind of touched on Messi moving to to PSG, but really the focus was on the super team nature of PSG assembling this team. What I want to start with today, obviously, is Ronaldo, right? Like, can you kind of walk us through the timeline of events, including your emotions as a United fan, seeing him almost come to City and then ended up ending up coming home? Like, what's that kind of been like for you as a United fan? Walk us through that that timeline. Yeah, the three day roller coaster of emotions I had was insane oh, because I think yeah. it I think it took a, a total of three days, or maybe it even took forty eight hours. Mm. But we started hearing rumors that, um, contrary to what was said in early on post Euros that Ronaldo was going to stay at Juventus, that mm. he has asked to be on the bench, then asked to leave the club, yep. um, and that Juventus would accept a fee of around 30 million euros. Mm. And then the only likely destination was going to be PSG, and they said they wouldn't do it. And then Man City stepped up. They were like, you know what? We need a striker. Kane's not going anywhere. We're not going to get Holland this season. We might as well go in and do that. And honestly, if you look at it on a footballing perspective, that would have been a great move. Oh, um, I think it would have fit your team brilliantly. 
Um, yeah, especially seeing Messi make the move. I think it just, he's like, okay, cool. I want to compete too, but I don't want to be teammates. Where can I go 100%. that will probably rival that team is City. The, the, exactly. The, what was holding him, the block, was the allegiance to United. So do you, what do you value more? The loyalty to your former I don't think club? That was, I don't think that was holding him back. I think I do. had only City have been in for him, he would have won. Because let's let's not forget, and that and and that kind of ties into into the emotions that I felt throughout those days, when it was getting serious that City was going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, and it was like there were no news about United or any other team being in form. I fully believed that he was going to end up there, and the reason I did is because we know that he's a ruthless winner, and all he wants to do is win. And I started saying to myself, well, if I'm him. I haven't been at United since 2009. Um, I think he's more loyal to Sir Alex than he is to United. Mm -hmm. And in reality, loyalty doesn't really exist in football. Like no. we we had R9. And it's kind of overrated like, not too. Ourselves. Like not to mention, yeah. like for the club, it would suck. But really like, you know, the player has to do its best for the player. I just, I don't want to interrupt yeah. you, but I have to kind of tell Especially you. Especially since he's not from Manchester, right? Like he's not yeah. a local lad. Right. And, and for me seeing this, I, I thought there's no... Like this is if we if we are to subscribe to this theory that we live in balance, right? The, the good and the bad. I was like, there's no amount of good that I could have done to bring on this good karma. There's nothing, right? Like there's no scenario where my favorite player of all time ends up at my favorite team of all time. <laughs> there's just no way that Cristiano Ronaldo joins City. But as it looked increasingly likely, I'm like, I just start thinking. I'm like, okay, is first of all, there's like, there's no way. It's like you always say, right? Until I see him with the jersey, it just it can't be. But then you I started think thinking. To the situation. I was like, "Hold on, there's no way United are not gonna are not gonna challenge." And that was really probably why I never really believed it, because I'm like, "There's gonna be an eleventh hour swoop here from United because they're not gonna let City go unrivaled in signing their boy, you know, the greatest player of all time." So, you know, I, I'm like, eh, "I don't really." I, but and that's but why I was when he then no news. when it when it fizzled and then it's like it's not gonna happen. I still felt like I had the rug pulled out from under me because I was like. Ah oh, man, like no, you, damn, your it. heart was beating. So yeah, I was hard. like, really? Like tomorrow he's gonna be a city player? I'm like, no, I don't think Literally. so. Literally, and the reason I, I thought I, I was baffled that United wasn't trying to trying to sign him until someone on Twitter posted um like uh the post on Instagram mm. saying that um someone could, like retweeted the Fabrizio's tweet or commented and said did Mendes approach United earlier in the window and he said yes they yes he did. And I right. thought that was it, right? Like he's he's already approached United. Let's close that chapter and move on to City. See what happens. Like if they don't want us, then you might as well. And that to me also just helped in me like think the theory of Ronaldo has closed that chapter and, and he just wants to win now. Yeah. And then we start hearing, you know, United's being linked. And before I actually touch in on that, I told you that I had I had thoughts that I was saving for Jersey Wall, thinking that today we'd be recording with him as a Man City player. Yeah, and what were those? You thoughts? haven't heard that opinion yet. So, to me, I was actually I was more pissed off at the club than I was at <laughs> for letting it happen. Yeah, for letting it happen, unrivaled. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if they approached you before. You don't let him go to go to go to City. Right. It doesn't happen, even if he is so focused on winning that he's going to say, you know what. I'm just going to take the stick. doesn't happen. Um, I'm just going to try and win as much as possible. Even though it would have damaged his legacy, that is something I thought that he would probably do 
if United wasn't informed. And I was thinking, listen, guys, like we can't do this. It's only 30 million euros. We need to go get this. And even, I don't care how much it is. I don't care how much he was going to earn. You can't let someone like that go to go to United. Just yeah. like, you know, when Aguero was being linked to United, you would have hated it if that happened. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, silly In that rumors. scenario, though, I would have been more mad at him. I would have been more, more mad at Aguero if he was going to go to United, right? Right, because he was leaving eventually, right? And, yeah. and it's not like he would have... It's not like Ronaldo went from United to City straight away. No. He he was at, you know, Madrid, and then he was at Juventus, and then he would have came. Yes, I would have had um, mixed feelings towards him, and I think it would have ruined his legacy as a United player. I don't think it would have ruined his legacy in the Premier League. I don't think it would have ruined his, his legacy in general. It would just no, have no, ruined our way. connection to him as fans because we yeah. look at him now and we're like, we made that, right? Like, yeah, of course. Absolutely. We... we gave him the tools he needed to become Cristiano Ronaldo, mm -hmm. even though that it was all in his head. And to us, it would have been like, well, like that would have, that would have absolutely been a kick in the bollocks for us. Yeah. And then we start getting linked to him and seriously getting linked to him. And, and, and then you start hearing city are out of the race and it's like, well, it's very, very possible, but I'm waiting for PSG to come in anytime. Now. Right. You know, and I think if he got the chance, Things could have been different. Yeah, if PSG were more interested. Yeah, I think so too. I th like, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on here. The first is maybe I shouldn't start there because I want to talk about his expectations at at United a little bit later. But you know, when it came out that he was going to leave, it seemed like a pretty open race. And you know, it's like I said, like it's hard to fathom Ronaldo coming to City, but I think it would have made more sense for him um, just from a, from a legacy standpoint, though it would have damaged, like you said, his United legacy in terms of his footballing accomplishments, he would have ended up with more. And there was something that I wanted to say, but I kind of, I'm sure it'll come back to me because I lost it there when I started thinking about his impact at United. Right. I want to talk about like what his legacy actually meant to him that he thinks it's worth more to try to to try and try is a big part of that to take United back to the top level than it did for him to go clean up and collect everything at City. Because I'll tell you what, like PSG's super team is pretty unrivaled right now with all of our squads. But if City had that would have been Ronaldo, the only catalyst you that, needed to compete with them. It would have been like, okay, well now that's a really, really like that's a hell of a of a conversation now. Cause City all you wouldn't really have been able to split them. Player. Right. Um so he would have probably ended up with more trophies had he come here. But to him, it would have meant more to take United back to that level. So I, I don't want to necessarily talk about the loyalty or what that means to you. But having this addition of Ronaldo to the squad, it looks like Pogba is going to be, stay settled for this year. If this is the window, because Ronaldo's only going to be there for two years, right? But this year in, in particular is the window. How does it affect your perception of when you guys become challengers, given our conversation last week about where you were? Now you've added, you know, the greatest, arguably it's the greatest an absolute player of all game time. changer. So tell me it's about an it. Absolute yeah. game changer. Um, I don't think we're we're favorites for any of the big trophies. Like I still right. don't think we're favorites for the league. I still don't think we're favorites for the Champions League. But it sure as hell is a big changer in going from honorable mentions to title challengers, uh, honorable mentions in league to actually potentially being able to challenge for the title. Like that's, and I don't think that it, I don't think we're, we're there yet competing with City and, and Chelsea. And that sounds mad to say, but there, then again, it's City's to lose. And I think Chelsea are probably favorites right now based yeah. on 
the overall balance that they have in their squad. Like mm-hmm. you can see gaping holes in City's team, but it's still theirs to lose. And I think Chelsea United this entire window have been playing catch up to City. And now that uh, Chelsea might even address Kunde, I think they, that's it. They don't have weaknesses in their team. They're, they're incredibly balanced uh, aside and incredibly difficult to play against. For United, you went from being honorable mentions and competing with Liverpool and uh, in, in trying to get see who, who would be third and who would be fourth to we might actually be able to finish second here if we play our cards right. right. Because we now have the guy who demands standards every single week with pedigree. We might have had that with Maguire, we might have had that with Bruno, but they don't have the pedigree yet. Right. This is a guy who's proven at this club. Like, let's remember, these, these players have been walking around the club seeing his pictures everywhere and yeah. seeing his Ballon d'Or at the museum and everything like that and everything that he's been able to bring to this club. And the lift that it's going to give some players like Rashford, who idolized him as a kid, and Greenwood, who I'm sure also idolized him, idolized him as a kid. These two are going to be sponges trying to learn off him. Mm-hmm. And he also outscored Lukaku in Serie A last season. Yep. Let's not forget that. So this guy guarantees 20 to 25 goals. I think 20 minimum. is low. I think it's at yeah, least exactly. at least 25. For that, no, like, that's going exactly. to be a standard. I'm trying to be, yeah, I'm trying to be conservative here. Yeah. Um, now, the what I wanted to say that I forgot, but that I want to bring back to, but I want to talk about Ronaldo here. It was just, it's kind of funny. Um, it's more, I, I read something that said, and you can believe this or not, I'm not saying that I do, but it just seemed interesting. Like, you know, you think about it, you're like, okay, that's kind of a chess move there. City pursued Ronaldo knowing full well that United would go and would take them. That way City could go uh, with one less competitor for Holland next summer. And I'm like, Hey, that's that's actually pretty smart. When you consider, it, like, you know what? Seems likely because you know to think City firmly believed that they would get Ronaldo seems a little far fetched. But hey, bro, Ronaldo, you know, or not, I don't think clamoring that, for Holland for how long now? Yeah, Ronaldo, or not. I don't think that we would have gotten Holland anyway. And maybe maybe Hope City not. board thought that they that United would have been a you know competing Strong, for it, but I, I still don't think that we would have gotten him anyway. And you know what? And I also saw. Uh, a theory that, you know, maybe Jorge Mendez knew that, you know, United would be in anyway, and you might as well bring the boy home. So let's try and start those talks, seeing that they would react. And I don't, (laughs) I don't want to believe either of those rumors because we don't know that. We don't know if any of those. And all of them are, we're just speculating, but let's go back to Ronaldo and his accomplishments here at United. Um, Returning them to glory seems a little far-fetched, especially when, you know, it still didn't, it addressed another thing that United needed, but, and you, you and I both know, everybody knows there were four things United needed this window, right? There was the winger, there was another center back, there was a striker and there was a six, but six, you and I had been speaking, speaking about this for months and months had to be like number one priority, right? I had, I would have said center back was number one. I, I said center back, center back back six, you build up from the back and then you move your way forward. But the, the importance of a six in this argument is, it liberates Pogba to do a little more. And Fred has become a walking meme over the past few weeks, and we know this. So it seems like now, and you said it's a it's a game changer. So now obviously you'd believe, and I'm not I'm just suggesting here, you would you would think that you're clear of Liverpool now, right? Third for sure is is going to United with this. Um, maybe even in 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 contention in the bracket of where City and Chelsea fall. But there's still a big missing piece here. And so, yep. like, 
to what you have to say about any, and Fabrizio hasn't suggested anything, but how important is it to get a six to really be in that conversation before the bracket, before the window closes? Well, it really highlights that weakness in the team now. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, sure. you can play around it because you no team or not a lot of teams, title winning teams have had 11 out of 11 world star performers. Like yeah. we won, we won the league with Tom Cleverly and, and mm. CDM and we've won the league with Anderson and Anderson's miles ahead of where Fred is right now, <laughs> no but, Dude, but we still did awful. it. Right. And it's, and it's because they had quality around them. Um, and yeah. by the way, I want to touch on me saying that we're clear of Liverpool and it's as low as third is on paper. We still haven't seen this team yeah. play together. We just yeah. saw Sancho starting and Varane starting. Let's, and it was also a difficult game against a very difficult Wolves side that, and to be honest, everything we've said about Sancho right win. now, like, Let's be we probably real. didn't, but that's that's the thing, right? Like that's why yeah, you have my but United find a way, and that's kind of just it, right? If there's nothing else, the criticism on Ali can yeah. never be that they didn't find a way because they did, they certainly did. Um, and probably and, deserved... and also say what you will about Sancho, he's like this is his first 70 Bro, first start in the league, right? One so it's game. like, yeah, I don't want to hear criticism literally. of that. My criticism is, is with Varane, like how shaky the, the back line looked. And, and you brought up a good point, we were talking about this off air about dude, it's our first game playing together, like dude. They can't, like, no one, very, very rarely can a player settle in that quick. Um, I think if, let's let's just flip the script here. If Maguire was who they just brought in and you already had Varane, I think it settles in a lot quicker. But bringing in that guy who's not the leader in the vocal, like, captain yeah. role um, will require more time. And we can see that with with how uh, quickly Ruben Diaz fixed City's backline, right? Like, he was the vocal leader to come in. And he's like, no, 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 I, I know how to organize this. So the yeah, onus exactly. now is on Maguire to make sure that he can effectively bring in Varane and that United limit these chances of exposure by getting a proper six because Fred is leaving his back, this back line so vulnerable and Varane, as big and athletic and, and uh, of a winner as he is, you still don't want to have your center backs overexposed if you can prevent it. And maybe it has to be a bit of a system change for Ali to not just play hopes and prayers at CDM, but to actually implement a bit more of a defensive system, which I'm sure isn't what you want to hear when you have this kind of firepower, but it's probably in the best interest of the club to, if you're not going to sign a six to limit those opportunities for other teams to tear through you because wolves totally. are not clinical, right? Adama Traore lit you on fire. And if he was, if he was, and, and I don't, I'm not he's one to of the best you, in the league at that. If he had any sort of end product, he would be like in in a much higher bracket of of caliber oh, players. Absolutely. Like he wouldn't be playing absolutely. for Wolves, right? The his ability, especially under under uh, new management there, who's the manager's name is escaping me now. Bruno Lage. Uh, yes, thank you. His pressure heavy system and and not being so passive, which is what Nuno Santo, uh, Nuno's system was last season, is going to totally revitalize a player like Adama because. It's like, Absolutely. hey, I'm pretty fit. So, yeah, you need me to play in a fitness-oriented system and get at people? Yeah, I can do that. If he had any sort of shooting, you know, within two, it should have been 2-0 within five minutes. And I don't want to be overcritical on United because that's not what the focus of today's episode should be. Um, and I'm just telling you things you already know, but I want our listeners yeah. to hear. Like, what United have addressed has been great, but it's like you said, now there's a very clear spot of what needs to be fixed. And... I just think if your window is two years with Ronaldo and probably only one, that Pogba is going to be there. And who knows next summer what it'll be like. You have to do everything to get a six, like by deadline day, oh. because then you can really push for a different challenge. Yeah. Because right now I still think, 
I would say my my opinion has changed since last week, where I think United now, because um, I had said as presently constructed, Liverpool are still better than United with Ronaldo. I think that flips them, but a six is still incredibly important to the no, success that's ab- of that team. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And like I said, every time Ruben Neves did anything, I was like, I want him now. Yeah, and, he's the player. And and you can honestly, it's the one missing piece in in this Drake Saw puzzle. And if we don't get him now and we have to wait later, and I don't mean him specifically, just the six, yeah. then it is what it is, right? Like, you can't ask for more than this. Like, that would just be <laughs> super greedy. Yeah, and I guess exactly. we just have to wait that's, for McTominay really to be point. back from injury, right? So it's yeah. like, we currently don't have anyone available other than Fred, and that's it. And that's just it. And that's, uh, bro, tell Michael Carrick to go lay some up. <laughs> I know. Let, let him get on there. He's the exact player I would need. In he's, he's a fantastic player for that. Um, but let's talk about some other of these blockbuster transfers that maybe we haven't given enough time to. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ronaldo. We can stay on the note of United and just kind of touch on Sancho and Varane here since they've moved as well. And these are players who we would have considered among the best in the world as well. Um, tell me a little bit about how long, and I promise this isn't a United episode. We're just going to, we just have to move yeah, on. Yeah. For, you guys had a hell of a window, so we definitely have to talk about it. <laughs> um, speak to me a little bit about how long you think it'll take for them in particular to settle and start to be impactful because we can, we can say all we want about how this team should do, but like you said, on paper is one thing and actuality is another. And if Sancho is going to take a season to settle in, which, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, hope it doesn't, the it's all about timing and the window will have passed, yeah. right? Like it, it has to come together now. Otherwise it's not going to come together. And then it's going to be another rebuild in two seasons when Pogba's gone and Ronaldo's gone and Cavani's gone and, uh, and Bruno's still there, but now you'd still need a six. And, and there's so many things like it can, my point is it can yeah, unravel pretty quickly. Right. So tell me a little bit about um, how quickly you hope that these players will settle in and what kind of impact they can have instantly. Um. I hope that they settle in. So Oli said that uh, Sancho was ill before the first game, so mm. Leeds, and um, and he only gave him the cameo so that he can have his debut at Old Trafford because the next two games were away games. Right. Um, and that kind of explains why he wasn't really doing much. I think Sancho is skillful enough to know like what, you know, to, to settle in quickly, but I, I don't yeah. know how quickly that'll be. And I think Newcastle is there is our next game, September 11th, when... Uh, we come back from international break. Right. I'm I'm hoping by then we start seeing sparkles from him. I don't I don't mean you know results now. I mean just signs that, that he's actually going in and and getting in the the vibe of what it is like. Yeah. And uh, hopefully yeah. by then Ronaldo's fit to play and and registered and everything, and we figured out a number for him, um, <laughs> so that he can get continuity in the front three. For yeah. Varane, um. I saw promising signs. Like the, the communication wasn't there because it was the first game together. But he had a lot of individual that was clearances. The, the shape wasn't there. That, like exactly. how and often that comes you with guys had just, just three dots of like, what is the line here, guys? Yeah. yeah. But his individual stats in that game, clearances, headers won, yeah. duels won. I, I was impressed by that. But the collective as a, as a defensive unit isn't there yet. But right. it's like we said, it's been 90 minutes um, and with uh, the minimal cover that Fred provides. Um, so I think he'll settle in fairly quickly. Um, I can't give you a number on, on which game week no, it'll no, be, of but of course I think not. it'll be fairly quickly. I think once we start getting the understanding in building the the attacks and, and how the front five, let's say, will play together, mm-hmm. um, then we're going to start to see, you know, some dangerous plays happening. But yeah. 
Yeah, uh, my concern is what it is for now. Right now, the first, and I don't, I don't want to be overcritical of anybody because, like, dude, Central's been in the league for a week, right? Like, we can't really yeah. talk about, oh, he's underperforming already. What were you expecting from him, right? Uh, then we start to sound like Graham Soundness, right? Where it's like, oh, this is a ninety million pound player. He should be, <laughs> he should be a lot better than this. Blah blah blah. Jane Sancho, one of our own, don't forget it, um, has to be. It, it, you remember my concern about him, right? You guys needed a winger and a center back, and you didn't get the the profile player that I thought that you needed, right? You needed more of a Leroy Sané type winger, in my opinion, to who because I think that type of player would settle in a little bit quicker, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, he could figure it out. Not, it's like, hey, you don't have to link up the play. You just have to get in behind, run at people, and cut it back, right? I think that mm-hmm. that's easier to grasp than, okay, Jaden, you know, you have all this this skill and the tricks and the flair. Uh, incorporate that into into how our team works. It's like, okay, well, I got to figure it out a little bit more, right? Veron, hell of a player, as as we know. Um, but again, I, I th- and I spoke about this earlier. The onus is on McGuire to make sure that he settles in and settles in fast because. What you don't want is just another big athletic dude next to next to Maguire because that's not why you bought Varane. You didn't buy him to just be the big figure. You bought him to be the Champions League winner who you know is a great vice partner to a captain at center mm-hmm. back. And so I think and I hope that for your sake that that can happen awfully uh, pretty quickly. But I don't think United will struggle while you figure it out because, and this is just a quick shout out because we have many, many other transfers to get to, Mason Greenwood has one hmm. bad season last season and people write him off. Don't forget, this kid is still about as elite as they come. And now under the tutelage of... You thought under the Cavani tutelage was going to be fun. Whoo! Wait till he learns <laughs> how to play off CR7, dude. Yeah. That's going to be uh, That meme with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. In hilarious. Kid, yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. hilarious. And, and I can't wait for to see that development. Yeah. And wow. just notice, oh, that's a Ronaldo thing. Because <laughs> he's of- just going to see him coming into training and stuff and he's going to be like, I can do that. <laughs> He's gonna be like, okay, so that's how you do it. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Jack Grealish. All right. Yes. Because we can kind of move on from United, but we'll stay in Manchester, and uh, then we can we can get along to some other massive names who have moved. But you know, tell me a little bit about the expectations here, because you said I was downplaying the quality of my team in our in our you know in our chats uh, off air. I want to be very clear about how I feel about Jack Grealish. This is a player who has brought a Villa side up, has been captain since he's 20 and brought them up twice. Um, a very skilled player at drawing fouls um, and creating chances. And that's, while it's not exactly what I feel like we needed, it's not the version of the City team that I want to see. Because you remember, the version, my favorite version of, this, of the City team under the Pep era has been the Centurion season, right? And yeah. in that season... Uh, or the season before when I got the Sané jersey, this one, it was very direct, dynamic, direct on the right. Uh, Leroy, dynamic and direct on the left. Aguero was the focal point in the middle. Bernardo running things in midfield. Like, I loved that element of the team. And Bernardo, please don't go, man. Like, that's another, I don't want to see that transfer happen. Jesus Christ, I want Bernardo to stay. And I understand if he wants to leave, but dude, like, we don't need, and well, obviously I need Holland. I want Holland, but Bernardo's the type of guy who you want to keep if you're not going to have a striker because he is literally the furthest player forward uh, when City are attacking at linking up the play between offense and midfield. And then on defense, his relentless energy and work ethic and grit in midfield is exactly what we need. 
but he doesn't get consistent starts and he deserves to be playing consistently. And as the, as a part job, while he's probably my, one of my favorite players at the club, I want him to be doing the best that he can. And if it's not at city, then I hold no ill will towards him as long as he doesn't go to like United or Liverpool or something, (laughs) but he would never, because he's not that type of guy, right? He's a great guy. Um, No, he understands. I, I, I think that Jack Grealish can and will accomplish a lot at City, especially when you look at this new partnership he seems to be forming with Gabriel Jesus. And Norwich and Arsenal are not great examples of how to gauge a player because no, fall from uh, unless the, they play poorly, right? Because then it's like, yeah. well, dude, if you couldn't do it against them, like who are you going to do it against? He's been already doing exactly what I figured he would, and I'm glad that he can settle in as quickly as he has. I think that he will learn his position better when Foden and De Bruyne come back into the team because he'll have a more firm understanding of his role. For now, it's like, Jack, do your thing. But he will become a pep player. And I think playing off a striker eventually, he'll be very, very exciting. Um, And in the meantime, if he can have this fantastic link up with Gabriel Jesus as just kind of switching it from wing to wing with Ferran Torres up the middle, bro, I'm here for it, right? City have so much depth and quality. Um, but obviously, to antagonize you when I was telling you, I'm like, bro, we have Raheem Sterling. <laughs> you have Ronaldo. <laughs> Chelsea has Lukaku. We have Raheem Sterling. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you think Jack Grealish's role will be for City this season in, you know, being the guy that City went out and spent 100 mil for, right? That's not, that's not a light price tag. That's something that City still don't have what they set out to get, which was a striker, and they happen to spend 100 mil on somebody else. Tell me a little bit about what you think uh, he'll do for the club. I think he'll do exactly what Raheem Sterling thought he was trying to do last season. Mm. Um, it's everything that you wanted Sterling to do last season, except go direct. That's not something that you're going to see yeah. from Grealish. I think it's style-wise, it's more of the same. But, but he's way good more at effective. running at people. Like he doesn't he get is. dispossessed he as is, often. But he, he also switches switches it, and that's what yeah. happens. And that's why he's great at drawing fouls. fouls. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. He he like the speed of which he can switch the plate. Um, so one one moment you think he's going that way, the other moment, and then he switches it completely, and and oops, you've drawn a foul, and here's a yellow card. Yeah. That's what I think you're getting from Grealish, and it's going to be more of the same. Once De Bruyne and Foden come back, like you said, I think it's going to be way more structured. But you're still going to be seeing that. I don't think you're going to turn Jack Grealish into Leroy Sané in the span of, you know, 12 months. No. But um, that, that that's also not what you bought him for. I think you bought him thinking that you were going to have a striker or a recognized striker, not to disrespect Gabriel Jesus. Um, no. Ga- I hey, think you're going to bought him just it's to recognize. It's still early like, in Gabriel Jesus' career. If he wants to redefine his career as a right winger, he might be better there. Because yeah. if you remember, no, my biggest totally concern of him as a striker was that he was everywhere but the box. And if now he's going to be on the winger and be this all energetic, press heavy, skilled player who's just going to end up, his crossing's better than Sterling's, his bro. Crossing is great. It's great. It's he's like way dude, more do your thing. And Ferran Torres is learning how to be that running in behind type striker. And he said, Aguero taught me a lot. Um, Pep said he he reminds him of how Jamie Vardy plays, which is honestly a terrific amount of praise. And the fact sure. that we, I think his price tag. Your price tag obviously brings more attention to you. The fact that we got him on a steal takes away from how good he actually is. Uh, oh, and if he's going to act as like a nine-ish for the year until at least De Bruyne gets back and maybe De Bruyne plays center forward, I'm okay with that too. Um, so I'm I, I don't I, you know I, I don't want to downplay what City are, but uh, when your City also bottled quite a few transfers this summer because they were going after their boy and then they they missed out on it. Right, Spurs yeah. were not the club to negotiate with. 
Um, yeah, and that's and that's just it. I think they they were in their mind. They were like, yeah, we're gonna have a recognized striker. Doesn't matter who it is, we're gonna have one because you also missed out on one last season, um, and Aguero just wasn't where he was last season um, prior to his injuries and, and multiple multiple injuries. But I think you know it's not to be reckoned with. Like I said, I think City is still this the team to lose it, and they're the team that everyone's been chasing. The yeah. problem is your rivals and your challengers have signed Lukaku and Ronaldo. This is what I want and to talk about. And exactly. that's what kind of in your mind, you're like, well, crap. But I think a, you can't downplay how well this team played last season, regardless of strike, recognized striker or, or no number nine. Yeah, and this exact discussion is what I wanted to get into with this before we move out of the Premier League. And we still have a couple of names that we want to get to, but it was, you remember we were talking about this off air. Are City so good, so much better than everyone, that they can avoid not filling their biggest gap and having all the other clubs fill their gaps and still be better than all those clubs? That's the discussion that I, that's the question here, right? Because City were for a long time a lot better than every other club in the Premier League, plain and simple, right? Liverpool were, were fantastic yep. on their spurt, but over the last decade almost, City have, City have won it five of ten years and haven't finished below yeah. the third. They've been fantastic for, throughout uh, the years. Now, it became very clear when, when De Bruyne was playing false nine last year, which worked very well, the overwhelming midfield, but it was very clear. City need a striker. City need to go out and get a striker. This is a temporary system. Let's get Kane. Let's get Holland. Let's get Lukaku. Somebody of that magnitude to, to play through the middle. City didn't get that. Chelsea went out and got a striker, which is exactly what they needed. United went out and plugged three of the four biggest holes that they had. Um, Liverpool are still there because Van Dijk is back, but Liverpool are less in this this conversation, excuse me. Do you think that even though City haven't plugged the hole, that they're still so much better that we can still think that they're the favorites, even with the moves that Chelsea have done, because uh, Chelsea and United have done? Because... I think I would agree with you if Chelsea United hadn't hadn't made these moves. You would have been said, fine. It would have said, yeah, it would have been fine yeah. because everybody still has the same problems. Now that these clubs have fixed their issues and we still haven't, not that we're a bad club, but I wonder if it's going to be enough across 38 weeks, especially if we sell some players before deadline day. I think the know-how is very important. Mm. The know-how of winning a league is very important. That's United true. don't have that yeah. because regardless of the new holes because changing three three players in your team is a big deal because that can represent a completely different change of system absolutely and especially if, if we're going to rely on a single pivot then that's completely new and i think that chelsea's system is the easiest one to figure out on the spot because what they needed is exactly the profile of player that lukaku is and they can continue doing the same system and it's a similar enough system to what he was doing at inter to just figure it out mm. and i and that's why to me i think Chelsea has the biggest claim for the league this season, yeah. regardless of so yeah. what United did, what City did. I think that they do have the claim for it, and they're your biggest challengers. Where you might struggle is trying to figure out the weak points in Chelsea's side. And I don't mean beat them and get the six points off them. I think that their system is way more versatile throughout the eight, throughout the 38 yep. game weeks that we have for this league. But the know-how is important. And that's what you have in your favor. What I noticed uh, when City played Spurs even, like, because obviously we dominated our last two games, right, as, as you'd expect, is that I don't think we've seen 
the blueprint on how to beat Tuchel's Chelsea yet. But no matter who City sign, the blueprint to beat us stays the same. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same, right? The way that Spurs got their got their victory, and it looks like flukes, but it's like to be able to take advantage of those slight opportunities, because all Pep can do is reduce those those chances, right? To play yeah. in a way that even when we have to defend quick because we've committed so many bodies forward, that we can still limit those chances. And maybe that's with tactical fouls, right, with Rodri. Maybe that's Grealish is super, like, willing to, to put that work in. And so that's a hell of a another great addition to, to the eleven. And Ruben Diaz signed a six-year contract extension today, my boy, up till 2027. The problem is that the blueprint to beat City always stays the same. There are few clubs that can batter City by breaking them down and playing through them. Right, that that's just not really the no, blueprint to beat them. Yeah. It's very hard to do that. The we'll blueprint is to let City gunfight. Right, the the blueprint is to let City overexpose themselves and hit them on on a counter. And you look at most of the goals City's conceded; it's either that or set pieces. Right, so I'm not entirely convinced with, and that's why I said, oh, you know, the, the facetious argument of well, we still have Raheem Sterling is like the way to beat us hasn't changed. And until it does, I don't know if seeing how good and how looming Chelsea are this season, I, I still don't know how anybody breaks them down because the way to beat them, we know what should be done, but they constantly defend in either a straight block of five as their back five or a block of the three and the two. And so it's so hard to score against them. Yeah. And they have Lukaku now to finish off the chances. So it's not it's not as it's not as simple as some people might think that oh well city are better so they're just going to win it i don't know if that's true i really really think that like no especially Chelsea if they are Kunde. favorites this year for the for the league yeah if they add depth to a center back position which they already kind of Jeez. do have depth in yeah but they did sell and especially uh, Zuma, that's the another quality transfer. of Jules Kunde who they're going to bring in is so high like he's so good to yeah uh, absolutely it's a problem absolutely need- i think i think chelsea are like to me if you finish above chelsea you win the league and that goes to every, anyone in well, the yeah season. Not, not just chelsea and united <laughs> like literally like if you finish above chelsea that's it it's yours yeah whoever can beat them there's no west brom in the league this year so i don't know who beats chelsea um i know <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple other names i want to talk to but i want to wrap this up quickly one of them is lukaku we've talked a little bit about him in previous weeks but i want to give him some time the other names that i want us to talk about before uh we wrap up today are our um, memphis Depay and david alaba okay so let's talk we'll start with lukaku but we'll, we'll go a little bit faster because obviously we're running heavy um mm-hmm. big rom and his impact at chelsea Joe said, and it was funny, right? Because sometimes it does. When, whenever a player like this starts to underachieve at all, you revert right back to what your criticisms yep. were previous, right? So, like, he takes a couple of heavy touches. Oh, Rom's playing in, in, uh, in Timberlands, <laughs> Timberlands again. And you remember my criticism of him was, I don't know if he's ready yet to lead a line as a nine. I've seen him be very effective in a tandem at, at Inter, and I've seen him be good at 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 uh, Everton, right? When his job was to be big and clunky and just kind of finish off chances, and he did, you know, got tons yeah. of goals, bro. He's already one of the top ten highest Premier League scorers of all time, and it seems like he's only now just coming into the league, right? We forget about <laughs> everything he's done previous, but the light shine brightest on the biggest stages, and now at Stamford Bridge, expecting that you are going to be the answer to what Chelsea needed, which was a striker comes with a lot of responsibility do you think that this player and i'm not saying no i'm just asking you do you think that this player 
can handle this pressure at Chelsea and be the guy to deliver 20, 25, 30 goals. Yeah. Like I said before, his mentality is top notch and his fitness is much better right now. Yeah. And even when he was heavy and getting criticized, he scored 48 goals for United in two seasons. That's not, that's not normal. Like that's crazy. And despite all that criticism, despite everything else, which he will still get at Chelsea, um, he was still able to deliver. And now he's lighter. He's way more confident and he's still going to have bad touches because. And he has good skills. now. He's better skills. Yeah, he does. And he's improved his his weaker foot, his right foot uh, Mm -hmm. now. But if you think, and that, that's, that, that was my issue with the whole um, Lukaku saga. My issue with him wasn't that he wasn't, that he didn't improve. My issue with him was that the public perception of him was so much better now than it was when he was at United because right. he had less eyes on him, less frequently, and he looked way more fitter. So yeah. naturally our brains are like, well, he's so much better now. Well, it's like, no, his weaknesses are still his weaknesses. He improved on some of those aspects, yeah. but he can still have those weaknesses. The problem is he's that big, he's that strong, and he's that quick that most most defenders in the league won't be able to handle him. Like 95% of the defenders in the league will not be able to handle him. Yeah, there maybe and even a little more it. because there's really only a few who I see being like physically capable of handling him. The difference will be, are you able to shut out Chelsea? And you remember my description of Lautaro was a cross between Radamel Falcao and N'Golo Kante, right? The ever-presence yeah. energy with the like the El Tigre spirit. Um he has Conte now in this team. So when Conte comes back hmm. into the team, he I think that we're going to see Lukaku Are not having to Conte drop. should play as a second striker? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is Conte plays every position on the field. And you remember against yeah, Real Madrid yeah. in the Champions League last year, we're like, how? What, Everyone. Why are Everywhere. you here? Like, you should be over there. It's so <laughs> frustrating to play against him. And I think that Lukaku, often what he'll do is drop deep to get on the ball, especially because he's a target man, right? He's like, I want the ball, though. Like, I want to play. When he sees how much running Conte is doing and where all the spots Conte are, like, he's going to be like, okay, okay, I'll just stay up here. But forget it. What, what for? Because I can pace and Literally. power past all these guys. And my one of my biggest praises for Lukaku is that he is not gun shy. He is always willing to take his chances and he wants to score always. He's not going to make create. He doesn't want to necessarily hold up play all the time, right? Like he can do what's best for the team. But if he has what he thinks is a chance, he will take it. And more often than not, he'll score. So I hope yeah. and, and I don't that want to go Chelsea side creates a lot of chances. That's the issue he had at Mourinho, with yeah. Mourinho. We didn't create many chances for him. And yeah. if we did, they were behind him. And he had to hold up play played. way too much. Now with all this energy exactly. in the Chelsea team, plus Chelsea have a lot of things that they can offer. Like they can throw a lot so of things So many options. At you. They still have Zia injured. The, the dynamism so players, of the two so players playing about Mount, you can't give him a second because he's a cannon of a no. foot. Havertz's ability to drift into places is is a little bit underrated. Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot to like about Chelsea. Good time to be a Chelsea fan. A lot yeah. to hate about them too, if you are a fan of any other club. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Memphis now, because you know Memphis has been my boy for since I saw him come off the bench at the 2014 World Cup and went, "That's my guy," right? <laughs> and then I went out and bought him in FIFA, and I've had, as you know, the first player I buy in any career mode. He's my boy. Yeah, he is. I think one of the few players who has enough self-belief to take a vacant torch if you know what i mean by that right there are so right. few griezmann doesn't have the nope. the sack or the confidence to be messi's replacement memphis will absolutely try to be memphis is not going i don't think memphis, memphis would have necessarily he succeeded he if he had to conform in a system with messi 
I think he would have done okay because he's now has a bit more experience and he's he's a captain. But he is a player who is good at things that Messi was good at. Obviously not as good, right? But he was very skilled, can take people on. His set pieces are very, very good. Um, and he can be a leader. And I think that they desperately needed this like mix of leadership and flair. And the fact that Memphis is able to offer this in the, few, in the first few games that Barca have played, he has looked outstanding in all of them. He's creating chances. He's willing to hit it Absolutely. on either foot. And it's so exciting to see my boy Memphis nine, bro. When he first got to Lyon, <laughs> I bought this jersey. He didn't even wear this number when he left. This is when he first got there. He's my boy. And I'm glad that he is able to um, have the opportunity to, to be the man at a club of this caliber because I think our perception of Depay is going to be elevated in the next two or three seasons here. I think when totally. we see that he, even if he's not getting like 40 goals a season, I think if we're seeing, okay, damn. Memphis is creating five chances a game. He's scoring, you know, north of 20 goals. He's probably assisting somewhere near that too. I honestly think that's in his wheelhouse. Um, I think that he's the guy that Barca fans will be able to gravitate towards. And and it seems like he'll be able to handle the pressure. And as Pedri comes back and as uh, Ansu Fati comes back, I think that he will be one of like, like one to watch across Europe this season. I agree. I agree. And I, and I generally do want him to do well because I don't think he was given a good enough chance at United and I don't think he was ready for that move just mentally. Um, but now I think he is ready to take that mantle at a big club. And I hope he can do well because, you know, uh, as we all know, like I like watching Barcelona um, and I'm excited to see what his transfer will do to them because they don't have Messi anymore so they can play as more of a cohesive unit and I think that yeah. Ronald Koeman is capable of, of getting them to do that he has an understanding with him from you know the Dutch team and Frank yeah. de Jong as well and, and there's a good enough squad in there that they can deal with it I don't think they're going to win the league but I think that they can deal with it and not drop to where AC Milan dropped when Messi left um, yeah when Messi leaves Barcelona so. there, there are very few bright spots in this Barca team right now but I think he can be one of them He's one. Um, he's he shines brightest right now. I want to talk mm-hmm. about David Alaba to close us off, but since we're talking about Barca, we have to talk about this transfer, dude. Ilaish Moraiba, my yes. you guys know, like there, you know how like and everybody who listens to this, you you will know. Everybody knows there are some players who are just like who are just yours, like you claim them, right? You're like that's my boy, yeah. right? Like Memphis is my boy. Everybody knows that Memphis is synonymous with me. He's my boy, Mason. Right, Mason's your boy, of course. But, like, obviously, like, aside from just your yeah, club, yeah. right? Players from other clubs, you'd be like, yeah, that's my boy. Ilesh Moraiba is my boy. I've I've claimed this dude, <laughs> like, since the first time I saw an Academy video of him playing, I went, oh, bro, he's like a Yaya Toure regen. Like, it, when yeah. in career mode, when players, like, leave, they, they regen, right? They spawn as new players and they come up. That's Ilesh Moraiba. He's also Paul Bugba. He has so much potential. And I don't want to add insult to injury for Barca because let's face it, losing Messi, there, there is no insult to injury. Oh, and they lost to Leish Moraiba. That'd be just a ridiculous argument. However, I think that Moraiba could have been one of these players to like fill. Yeah, breakthrough. Yeah, like breakthrough, but not necessarily. I don't think he's going to be as good as Pedri will be. I just think that he could have been what they would have wanted in Genie Vinaldum. But if he said uh, he was able to leave for free next summer, if he said, I'm not willing to wait, I want first-team football now, this is going to be a player who is going to be at a far bigger club than Leipzig in a few years. Um, and Leipzig's project I hope is they added a buyback close. <laughs> I, bro, it's Barca. Of course they didn't. Barca don't know how to do anything. 
I don't think that uh, I think he's going to be in the Premier League and if not maybe a giant in the Serie A or in maybe even returning to Barcelona. I don't know because he's Spanish, but he is going to replace Sabitzer, who also moved to 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 Bayern, right? We got to talk about the Bundesliga too. I'm sorry this episode is going so long, but there's still so many things to talk <laughs> about. Elias Moraiba is a fantastic giant like runner dribbler who can have a cannon of a foot with an ability to control the game. He's a baller too, eh? He's a total baller. His little shuffle and cannon of a foot yeah. from outside the box. Like he <clears> has <throat> that little like Iniesta sidestep shuffle where it's just move the ball from one foot to the other really quick and get yeah. away from a defender. But then he can hit it. And I love that about him. And the fact that La Liga is on TSN now because ESPN has the rights is great because we can deliver so much more La Liga coverage now because we have so much more access to these games before, you know, it, it's hard, especially for me to, to watch some of these games because um, I don't, I didn't have the channel to watch them. Right. I'd have to watch them right. from different yeah, videos or from highlight videos or if I'm at somebody's house who has it, but the, now I can consistently watch the big three in particular, because I'm sure that's all that uh, ESPN will televise. <laughs> the broadcasts are not great because uh, they're a little bit Americanized, and it seems like they're a little okay. bit ignorant of how some mean. of the stuff's going on. Like, but and plus, and I don't even think they're doing it right. Like, I think if they said, "Okay, all American viewers who have never watched this play, Memphis Depay is the uh, Odell Beckham Jr. of of the soccer <laughs> world," they'll be like, "Oh, okay, cool," because they have very similar like personality. They can link it to something, yeah. Yeah, you can link it to something, but. I think they're trying a little bit too hard to do that. Anyway, that's off topic. Um, Maraiba's my boy. I want to watch in the Bundesliga. That's a fantastic league for him to now develop, especially in this Leipzig project. Yeah. I can't wait to see how he does uh, in Germany. But I still want to talk about David Alaba because... Yeah, how do you think Real Madrid are going to cope? Dude, I still we talked a little bit about this last week, right? Like, who's going to partner Alaba? Because he kind of needs a world beater. He's he's a yeah. he's one of the best players that Real Madrid have signed in a very long time, and I mean that. And maybe you're not as high as David uh, on David Alaba as I am, but as a oh, player, no. his there. abilities <laughs> are 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 phenomenal. Like, there's so few people who have similar abilities to him. Not just in his versatility and the fact that he plays cam for the national team, but he plays as a center back for Real fucking Madrid. David Alaba <laughs> is so versatile, but his wheelhouse of what he can offer a team is is something that very few others can. His leadership, his mentality, his passing range, his all-around completeness as a footballer. To replace Ramos is no easy test because he's not the vocal leader that Ramos was. And, I, and in one-on-one take-ons, that's not his best uh, attribute. He's better actually at taking people on than he is receiving the take-ons because he's just not that that's kind of defender. True. But I mean, born and bred a fullback, right? Like, of course he is, right? That's what he was meant to do. Playing at center back for Real Madrid, I think that Real are going to do pretty well this season um, because I think that Carlo Ancelotti has a way of of commanding the dressing room like you can. And obviously he's no Zidane, right? Like Zinedine Zidane was one of the best ever as a player and a manager. But... In this one-year window where Madrid know what's coming next summer, because this has been the, the craziest transfer window of all time, yeah. Real Madrid are going to have a PSG transfer window next summer, right? Real Madrid are going to bring Absolutely. in world-beater midfielder Mbappe for sure next summer to lead this project. Maybe be Holland, Holland if they beat City to him as well, which means it's going to be the, the the best two players in you know of the next gen playing for the same team. I'm sure they're going to go get you know somebody like Wesley Fofana or somebody like a world-beater destroyer at center back. Real Madrid are going to like revitalize their squad next season. But for yeah. now, the way that 
Real Madrid tend to operate, especially under Ancelotti now, I think is a system that David Alaba can do very well in. And if he's playing next to Nacho, it's not the prettiest in the world. But if Madrid are finding a way to consistently get goals and outscore teams, even if they're conceding, I think that's good enough for what this year is for Real Madrid. And that's not a Champions League contending year. It's a next summer's our rebuild. Let's let's aim. Let's do as well as we can domestically this year, right? No, absolutely. I completely second everything you just said. So, in an effort to keep it short, I'll just say uh, we can move on because there's nothing else I can add to that. All right, cool. Um, I wanted to wrap on that, but I do want to talk about the Bundesliga too here. And and man, like we I can wanna... we can give it honorable mentions, like yeah, the honorable Bayern mentions here Meccano, to Bayern um, for yeah. totally snaking. And I'm gonna have you guys remember last year I had on Michael Spade, Bundesliga fan, works at TSN. Um, I'm gonna have him on. He's a Bayern fan. To tell me a little bit more about this, you know, the the repetitive nature of this league and how Bayern continue to stay on top. Yeah. Marcel Sabitzer, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had pitched in a, like I have upcoming to pitch in a few rebuilds and now I can't. But <laughs> this is a player who, it, I don't know if he's going to walk into this Bayern Munich first team, but I think long-term he'll be replacing Muller because Muller's getting up there in age. Yeah. Um, but in terms of offering something different, he he actually is that. Like this is a player who Byron play a four two three one, and if Goretzka Goretzka provides you this like short passing meat and muscle while Kimmich is just like the best CDM in the world, he's a player who can now be introduced into this mix in midfield to give you relentless yeah. energy, a cannon of a foot from anywhere on the pitch, a leadership mentality because he was freaking Leipzig's captain playing under his true. former manager now playing for the best team in Germany. The move makes sense. Uh, it's a shame that that the Bundesliga like just continues in this cycle because it's like there can never be it's great for Bayern though. <laughs> it's great for Bayern, but there can never be like total parity across the league because every no. player playing yeah. in the league wants no to go to Bayern, and so the clubs to try to keep a good relationship with their players just allow that to happen, so they can never Very compete true. with Bayern anyway. Especially but, since Dortmund lost Sancho, um, Leverkusen lost Leon Bailey. Leverkusen um, have a project. Leipzig going also on right just now. lost Konate, and yeah. um, you know Dortmund and also Uke signed Daniel Malin, so that's you know yeah. that's good. Yeah, I want to do a Bundesliga episode with Spade because I want to talk. I want to like do a deep dive into Bundesliga, so I don't necessarily yeah. want to get into that right now. But some other honorable mentions of transfers that I've gone through this window, um, aside from obviously Messi and Ronaldo, we talked about Grealish today. Ramos, Lukaku, Memphis, Sancho, Alaba, Hakimi, Varane, Rodrigo De Paul, Upamecano, Olivier Giroud, Hakan Kalhanoglu, Sergio Aguero, Christian Romero. Oh my God, this is crazy, bro. Uh, Donnarumma, <laughs> Locatelli, Buendia, your boy. My boy. Your boy. Right? Uh, Gini Vijnaldum, Daniel Malin, Mike Magnon, going from Lille to, who we actually forgot and are blowing up Lille episode because he yeah, already moved. We did. Going to AC Milan, he's going to be fantastic there, I think. Edin Dzeko replacing Lukaku, Eric Lamella, Eric who's Lamella. now tearing it up because he's Denzel actually Dumfries getting... went to Inter Milan. Denzel Dumfries got some big moves too. There's yeah. so much going on. Tomori, yep, Tomori signed like made it permanent there. Oh we could talk about this window all day because this had some of the most colossal transfers of all time. Um, yeah, but I think this is a good place to leave it. I think we've been at this for. A I think so long too. Time. I think yeah. And I, it, it only serves this window justice how long we went. Exactly. Exactly. Can you imagine if Mbappe went? So we we wouldn't this episode would have been to... 20 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been. Um, the next week's episode is going to be 
our Arsenal rebuild, I'm pretty sure, because I don't think we have to talk about anything from international break. We can maybe touch on it, but we've been pushing back this Arsenal rebuild for a few weeks. And yeah. the best place to end it is with Arsenal because Arsenal are always last. <laughs> Dude, the, the North London sandwich that the league is in right now, I wouldn't be too high on Tottenham if I were a Tottenham fans, but I would like to point out that I said, you know, Espirito Santos would have them uh, as a much better team. And look where they are right totally. now, top of the table. Totally. Suck it. Arsenal uh, are always terrible. Yes, and I'm going to have an Arsenal fan on probably sometime soon just to give them an outlet, right? I just want Arsenal fans to feel like they have a place that, like a safe a space they can go yeah. to to tell me how they feel about their godforsaken club. Thanks, um, Dr. Phil. But don't worry because Mina and I are going to rebuild your club for you. We are going to show you how to properly spend 150 million, you dumb dumbs, and not spending it on just Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale. Bro, like Nuno Tavares, like, dude. There's better ways to spend your money. Martin Odegaard even. There's a lot of problems at Arsenal that even Martin okay. Odegaard can't fix. And that is a good place to leave it. Guys, don't forget, if you would like to buy premium quality jerseys at the best rates in town, you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com, use promo code TJW10 to get a discount off all your things. And normally, I understand this, when I listen to podcasts, my bro, Get out of here with your sponsored nonsense. This is a favor to you that we're doing. We are giving you discounted quality merchandise. And all you got to do is punch in TJW10. Uh, we hope that you will check them out at outmontyouthsoccer.com and start building your own jersey wall collection. You're going to look fantastic. Brethren, thank you for joining me today. Thank you again for having me. I look forward to seeing you again next week. I look forward to seeing you too. Where can we find more of you? Mina.Gali98 on Instagram and on Twitter if you can find me. And uh, that's about it. Boom. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos or find me anywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube where you can find special bonus clips of the Jersey Wall podcast, including our Bro Talk segments. Guys, we sincerely appreciate you hanging out with us for episode number 106 of the Jersey Wall podcast. We hope you enjoyed it this week. And we'll see you next week for 107 when we rebuild Arsenal. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us as always. I'll see you next week. Take care, baby. Woo-hoo.